From COK Studios in Dina Temple Raston's Rumpus Room, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider some of the Democratic women being vetted as running mates for Joe Biden. We'll also consider an in-depth look at military bases named after Confederate generals in our American History series, Consider Ourselves. And we'll consider if 22 citronella candles is enough to keep the murder hornets away. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Our Pillow, the amazingly soft, non-racist pillow that stays fluffy and cool while also not supporting Fox News or Donald Trump. It's not my pillow, it's our pillow. And Lady G's House of Closets. Get a free, completely off-the-record consultation from our closet experts, and we'll help revamp your boring old closet into a lavishly over-the-top space for you to do whatever you want in. Lady G's Closets. It'll be our little secret. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones Mallow. In late April, more than 200 Black women who are leaders and activists within the Democratic Party signed an open letter to the presumptive Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, calling on him to select a Black woman as his running mate. As widespread protests against racial injustice have swept the country in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd, this moment is putting renewed attention on who Biden will choose to be his VP. The demands to pick a black woman are growing louder, and not just from black voters. Polling from a Politico morning consult survey this week found 46% of Democrats say it's important for Biden to choose a candidate of color as his running mate. That's up from 36% in early April. Biden committed to picking a woman as his running mate at a debate with Bernie Sanders back in March. So it just remains to be seen who of the field of qualified candidates is selected. Joining us via Zoom as part of our Consider the Vote 2020 coverage are our special contributors, former DNC chair and former Vermont governor, Howard Dean, and former Democratic nominee for president, Hillary Clinton. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be with you again. Governor Dean, you said that you've witnessed an evolution in your own thinking in just the past two weeks with regard to a black running mate for Biden, saying that now you think it is critical. Can you explain that? Yeah! Remember when screaming like that was good enough to get you knocked out of the race for president? Woohoo! Now you can do whatever you want. But back in 2004, I went, yeah! And lost the nomination to that horse face, John Kerry. But I digress. I've been impressed with Joe Biden's response to the Black Lives Matter protests so far, so I don't want to see him stumble by picking a white woman. He's got a real shot at being a unity candidate with the right running mate, and that is a person of color. What do you think, Secretary Clinton? I think it's a great opportunity for the Democratic Party to show that it's high time to give minority voices a major seat at the table. I actually say so in the Hulu documentary about me, that is still very popular. In fact, it's the number three documentary on the platform after the Michael Jordan one and a film about a chef who cooks bugs. Bugs? Yeah, that's gross. Have you, 
Have you watched my documentary, Howard? Well, I was going to, but then I rewatched all of the West Wing for the sixth time instead. I just love CJ. Woohoo! Well, if you both agree that Biden needs to pick a woman of color, whom are you seeing as his best option? Instead of directly answering the question, I'd love to yell some more. Yeah! Woohoo! Yeah! Secretary Clinton, maybe you'd like to answer this one. I would. I think there are a number of very qualified women who Joe could pick and would be amazing vice presidents or president if the situation called for it. But I have another scenario that I'd love to share with you. Certainly. Imagine that Joe Biden picks a seasoned former first lady and senator who, while white, deeply understands and supports the Black Lives Matter movement. You mean you? <laughs> Why, yes, I suppose I do. <laughs> so say he picks me. I help right the wrong from the last election. We beat Trump in November. And then in a grand gesture, he resigns, allowing me to fulfill my destiny as the nation's first female president. And then I pick Kamala Harris as my vice president. This would not only shatter the glass ceiling, but also bring stability back to the country and legitimize the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> what do you think? I'm going to respond to that nonsense with some screaming. Are you serious? What are you talking about? Your political career is over, just like mine in 2004. Yeah! Yeah, I don't know if that's very likely to happen, Secretary Clinton. Not with that attitude. Whom do you think Biden will pick? <sighs> well, if, if it isn't me, then Kamala Harris. Agreed. Harris. Yeah! Thank you both for making this segment twice as long as it needed to be. For Consider the Vote 2020, that was Howard Dean and Hillary Clinton. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. President Trump tweeted last Wednesday afternoon that he will not consider changing any of the names of army bases named for Confederate officers. This is in contrast with lawmakers from both parties and military officials who say that it is indeed time to rename the posts. Here with some history on the Confederate names of U.S. bases is our LGBT correspondent Trevin Motley with a new installment of our American History series, Consider Ourselves. Naming army bases after Confederate soldiers started during the outbreak of World War I. When the U.S. entered the war, tens of thousands of recruits were headed to bases. They needed more training areas and stuff, so it was decided by the War Department that the bases of the North would be named after Federal commanders, and those in the South after Confederate commanders. And the names had to be short. They had to be Americans. Sadly, they forgot that the Confederate soldiers weren't actually Americans because, you know, they wanted to start their own country so they could keep their slaves. Guess what, though? It wasn't just during World War I that they named bases after traitors from the South. Other bases named for Confederate generals occurred during World War II. Military historian Dr. Ezra Goss told me this juicy little nugget when we spoke last week. The Army has traditionally been against changing the names, and here's the thing. The Army has said naming the bases was about individuals and not ideology. 
P.S. Dr. Goss is totally for renaming the army bases because as he says... Well, they're named after traitors and slaveholders, not to mention the fact that they lost the war. When do you ever name anything after someone who lost? Ah, uh, totes, you don't. You just don't. Exactly. We like winners in America, not slaveholding losers like Braxton Bragg, who had to surrender the Middle Tennessee to the Union Army and then lost badly to General Grant at the Battle of Chattanooga. <laughs> not to mention that his beard and eyebrows were out of control. Mm -hmm. In 1867, Bragg became the superintendent of the New Orleans Waterworks, but he was soon replaced by a former slave as the Reconstructionists came to power. I guess he's not really anything to brag about. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yep. He's definitely not someone we should have a base named after. Uh, totally. Uh, we should rename the base after a great American who didn't own slaves or has such a heinous unibrow. Ugh, how about Fort Cher? Well, I was thinking you could name it after a military leader, like Fort Patton, for instance. No, no. Fort Cher is better much more glamorous. Let's talk crap on another loser Confederate officer. Okay. Fort Hood in Texas is named after John Bell Hood, who, like Bragg, was a pro-slavery loser with a capital L. During the Civil War, Hood became increasingly ineffective as a general as he was promoted to lead a larger independent command late in the war. His career and reputation were marred by his decisive defeats, leading an army in the Atlanta campaign and the Franklin-Nashville campaign. He also had 11 children over 10 years, including three pairs of twins, which is gross. And just way too much. Ah, like, get off your wife already. Yes, he was prolific. <laughs> I do <laughs> think Fort Hood demands a new name as well. It's in Texas, so we should name it after an awesome, totally racially inclusive person from Texas. How about Fort Jamie Foxx? Or Fort Kelly Clarkson? If you're not loving that one, how about Fort Swayze? <laughs> I love your enthusiasm, but a political or military leader is more likely. Mm, I guess you're not crazy for Swayze then. Oh well. For more of my suggested replacement names for Confederate-named army bases, check out my Twitter and Tumblr. For Consider Ourselves, I'm Trevin Motley. Now here's our intern Ryan with this week's Big Little Wins. Gee, thanks. I'm excited to be back. My mom actually told her friends to listen to this show now that I'm on every week. Oh, it's always nice to have new listeners. Yeah, I don't think they care. Here are this week's wins. Congratulations to anyone in the LGBTQ community. The Supreme Court ruled on Monday that the 1964 Civil Rights Act barring sex discrimination in the workplace protects LGBTQ employees from being fired because of their sexual orientation. The vote was six to three, with conservatives Chief Justice John Roberts and Neil Gorsuch joining the court's four liberal justices in the majority. The other three justices, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and keg-sucking rapist Brett Kavanaugh were in the anti-LGBTQ minority. This is a very massive little win for Pride Month. Oh, it's great news. Hold on. 
Our other big little one is pretty great too. Kudos to Mary McMaster and St. Louis who found a sock she thought she had lost behind the dryer. We all know how annoying it is to lose a sock, but you found it. Way to go! That wasn't as big as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, I guess I should have started with that one and built up to the big Supreme Court win. Oh well! If you have a win you want to share with us, just post on our Facebook page or send us a tweet! That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, you can visit our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at Consider Our Know. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do it at Apple Podcasts or at Stitcher. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Polling from a Politico morning consult survey this week found 40 per si- 40 per six, 40 per six percent. <laughs> <laughs> uh.